Hello, everyone. Mike Cleveland with my dear brother, Eric Kurt. Eric, welcome. So glad to see you today. Yeah, it's good to be here uh, with you, Mike, to do a podcast, uh, The Gospel for the Church. I'm excited about it, Mike. It's good to see you again, brother. Right. We are doing Lesson 11 today, and it's all about the gospel equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Um, you, you titled it this, and I'm assuming that what you're saying here is that if you have the message of the cross, then you can do the work of the ministry, that that's what God gives us to do. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. Uh, there can be all sorts of things we can come up with to equip ourselves for the work of ministry, but it is the gospel, in fact, that does the equipping. Uh, it's the gospel that does the saving. It's the gospel that does the forgiving, you know, Jesus's death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. It's the gospel that changes and transforms who we were to who we are. And then, you know, Mike, it's the gospel that equips us to go out uh, and do the work of ministry. And we can do it with, uh, with joy in our new hearts. Uh, this is the message of power that saved and sanctified us and transformed us. And now we need to be equipped by the same power to go out in all the world and preach it to others. Amen. Well, let's read the passage that you chose for this lesson, lesson 11 in the gospel for the church. Um, I'll, I'll just read a couple verses and then maybe you can read some. Sure. But it's Ephesians 4, 7 to 16. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, in saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you want to finish here? Sure. So that we may no longer be children. <clears throat> tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which, which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. As, as we were reading here, I thought there's three main truths, which is ministry, maturity, and stability. Hmm. Um, because as you, as you look at it, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers for ministry to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Uh, this ministry has its foundation in the gospel that Jesus descended into the lower regions 
to the grave, to hell for us, and then ascended uh, far above the heavens to equip us for ministry, to um, enable us to give out this message of the gospel. And then maturity, it says we attain to the unity of the faith and mature manhood to the measure of the fullness of Christ, and then stability so that we're no longer tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Erica, you, you and I were talking earlier about how today, if you don't take a stand on the gospel, you fall for any doctrine and you got people on the left and people on the right, both hating each other. Why? Because they've elevated some doctrine above the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, so this is a passage that we're looking at today in your lesson 11. And uh, what thoughts do you have, Eric, as to um, the importance of this passage for your subject today? Well, I think your three points <clears throat> that you mentioned were perfect. I, I mean, this is uh, a message, if we're not growing, if we're not seeing growth in the church today, uh, we can probably link it to the lack of gospel being preached. Uh, if there's maturity, then, you know, we, like you said, uh, this is uh, the message of power. It's the message that matures us. It's the, the message that stabilizes us. Uh, it's the message that was given to all the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherds. We're all, so to speak, Mike, on the same page when it comes to the gospel. This, yep. this is the message that Jesus gave us to go out into the world to teach and preach and then to baptize them in. And so if we're not clear on this message, uh, like you said earlier, we'll fall for anything. We need to be stable. Uh, this is the message that does it. If we need to be matured and grow up in our salvation, this is the message that will do it. There is simply no other message. Uh, there's no other counseling. There's no other teaching, Mike, that can penetrate the human heart that can cause us to be transformed through the blood of Christ, to be raised to a new life, to be stabled uh, at the cross, to find that stability. We all need this, uh, brother, in our lives. We need to find stability in, in the teaching, uh, not being tossed to and fro by other winds and waves. Isn't it interesting how the word talks about it as winds and waves of other doctrines being blown about, uh, you know, and, and not being matured because we're not adhering and we're not focusing on the message of power and meaning. And so this is uh, very important to me, Mike, the reason why I wrote this, uh, this lesson. Uh, it's all in hopes that the church would rediscover the power of the cross. Yeah, that's excellent, Eric. You know, you, you look at the foundation for all of this, for ministry, for maturity, for stability, and it's right there at the beginning of the passage that Jesus descended for us to raise us up. He descended to the lower regions, meaning he went to earth and to the cross and to the grave and to hell. And then it says, and of course, Eric, the importance of that is, that if you have the weight of sin on you, if you have guilt pushing down on you, then you need to look at Jesus descending with your sin on him, pushing him down, 
always pushing him down into the grave, into the lower parts of the earth, it says, or Sheol or hell, for you to forgive your sin, to take that off of you so that you can be free. And as he sunk down with your sin on him and he died to atone for your wrongs, then he arose and he ascended. And it says, when he ascended, he led a host of captives, um, meaning that he had released men from their sins, people, human beings from their guilt and, their, and from their shame. And he captivated them to himself. And he rose from the dead with us in him. Colossians 3 says, we are in him. Our life is hid with Christ in God. And he took us captive. He took captivity captive. And, and so, Eric, this is the basis, the foundation of this passage is to see this glorious work of Jesus uh, suffering in your place, dying to make amends for our sins and rising to having accomplished eternal redemption. He rose from the dead and we are now uh, complete in him. It says he rose to fill all things. So instead of empty life, we're filled with his spirit. Um, I just think it's so important, Eric, and, and I know this is the reason why you wrote this lesson, is to focus on this message. This is the message given to the church, isn't it? That's exactly right, Mike. Without this message, without this foundation, the gospel foundation in which you so wonderfully just uh, um, expressed, and, and uh, uh, Mike, the, the rest of the passage would just be a bunch of do's and don'ts for, for right. someone out there. This is the foundation, the gospel, Jesus's death, the fact that he descended from heaven. And then on the cross, he descended further after he died for our sins and descended further into the grave, further into set captives uh, uh, free like you so well said, brother, this is the foundation. That's why every lesson that we uh, write, we want to incorporate the message of first importance. Uh, this is the message of power. Some people might be thinking, oh, you know, I've heard this message before, but we need to exhaust it. We need to see exactly what happened on the cross. We need to see that it was us dying with Jesus. We, upon belief, we took up our cross. We followed Jesus to the cross. We died with him. Our old man was buried with him. Uh, we, we were raised to new life. Brother, without this foundation, a bunch of these passages become meaningless. Uh, we know they're not meaningless, but the basis and the foundation, as, as you well said, is the cross. It's the death of Jesus for our sins. It's that he was buried and they rose on the third day. He ascended on high, brother. I mean, this is a glorious message of love, and it is the very foundation in which we write each lesson. Hallelujah. Exactly right. Uh, you know, if you think about what would happen in our world today if people took a stand, as it says in 1 Corinthians that Paul wrote in chapter 15, I want to remind you of the gospel on which you have taken your stand. What would happen in our world today, Eric, if believers took their stand on one message alone, that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures? 
what would happen in our world, in the church first and in the world, if we all took a stand on that message? <laughs> Brother, I, th I think we'd see a radical change uh, in the church and in our world. <clears throat> we would see that we're no longer children being tossed to and, and fro by the waves and carried about by the winds of other doctrines. You know, we get so sidetracked on when Jesus is coming or, you know, are you pre, mid or post trib and all this stuff. You know, those things are great to study. And there's, there's no problem with studying these, these things, but they're not the message of first importance. Right. Those aren't the messages that are going to cause us to grow up in our salvation. Those messages aren't going to transform the believer. They're not right. going to radically rip out your heart of stone and give you a new heart of flesh. You know, right. and when we're sharing them, they might be good discussion topics. But if you really want to counsel someone, if you really want to see a radical change, share with them the message that caused them to be stabilized. Share with them the message that will ruin their old life and ruin their thoughts in a good way. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and get them focused on the message of meaning and power, the message that has the meat. Uh, this is it, brother. And so the church would be radically changed if it was to laser focus on simply the gospel alone. Just in every passage, just connect it as you see it to Jesus's death and resurrection, just as we have here, and, and see the benefits of the cross. See how it matures and equips for work of ministry. It's not seminary. Seminary is great. It can be great. Uh, I, I know some that have gone to seminary and haven't even heard the gospel there, uh, but some can go to seminary and be equipped through the gospel message. But it's, it's the message of the cross that does it. Uh, it is the message of Jesus's death and resurrection uh, that uh, is the message that we're to share. So, brother, this would radically change everything. And this is why you and I do these podcasts and that we pray for the church in hopes that, that they rediscover the power of the cross. That is so well said. I, I appreciate that so much because we've got the, a church today that's as divided as the world. Those on the right, you know, will talk about um, various ways in which we should deny vaccinations and not wear masks. And it's all a hoax. Those on the left would feel that it's they're taking a stand on a vaccine and on, you know, masking, distancing and and both sides point the fingers and judge the other side. And that's only one issue. There's so many. And it's like, you know, Eric, when there's a, a matador in a ring and there's a bull and the, the matador stabs the bull in the back between his shoulder blades, it angers him, you know, and, and that bull's got an enemy. And he wants to kill that matador, but then the matador holds up a red cape and, and that bull thinks that's his enemy. And he just gore, he wants to gore that cape. Well, how many red capes does the church have today? Mm -hmm. How many issues that are distracting do we have today? All because we've lost focus. We, we've, just, we've just lost focus on this one message that matters. And, and it's, 
it's so, this is why I appreciate you writing this book called The Gospel for the Church. It gets us back to the focus that is what is matters in life so that we can begin to take a stand on the gospel and forget the red capes and look away from all the distracting things. That's so well said, brother. That paints a really good picture in my mind, you know, and when you were holding up, uh, talking about the red cape, all I could think about was the blood of Christ. We're holding up the cape, so to speak. We're holding up, we're lifting up, and we're focusing on the message that we're supposed to, the message that Jesus gave us, you know, and so we're focusing on the blood of Christ, that which forgave all our sin. He became sin and was pummeled on the cross for us. He, he was put to death willingly, brother. He loved us so much. Uh, there was no other way to reconcile man to God. So God, back before time began, came up with this plan. And it was to send his only son to die on a hill called Calvary for us. To, to put the wood on his back, so to speak, as Abraham did with Isaac. To go up, but there was no sacrifice at first for Abraham and Isaac. But Jesus, however, going up the hill, he knew he was the sacrifice. He was the willing participant in all of this to rescue us at just the right time. And so he went up Calvary's hill, died on that tree for us, and poured out his blood, his breath, and his life mm -hmm. to rescue, to stabilize us, to mature us, to give us a new life. And, and brother, when we're talking about this, man, we get excited. Our hearts are warmed. Uh, you know, we were talking about uh, earlier that people that are radically transformed by this message, they can't stop talking about it. They can't, once they see it, once they experience it, once they recognize that this is the message that does it, uh, and uh, this is the message that leads to maturity and stability, and the message by which we can love others truly from the heart, from the new heart that we receive from Christ. No long, no wonder we no longer live, but Christ lives in us, mm. uh, you know? And so it's just, it's amazing, brother. So thank you for painting that picture in my mind. I, I was seeing the bloody cross as the cape. Yeah, that's a different application of it that's uh, good to have because we, we only have one red cape. You know, we, we only have one message. But, you know, I've heard this passage in Ephesians 4 taught from the position of, the different um, gifts for ministry, you know, some have the uh, gift of um, uh, pastoring, um, you know, shepherding, teaching, others have different gifts, uh, all of it designed to build up the body of Christ. And we might go in and look at the difference between a prophet and evangelist and a shepherd, but to try and discern which gift you have. But Eric, you and I have seen if a person will embrace the bloody cross, mm. uh, this message of forgiveness, and they begin to be filled, as it says, they reach the full stature of the fullness of Christ, mm. forgiven and filled with faith, it says there in verse uh, 14, 13 and 14, um, the, the reality is they begin to know their gifts. Yeah. Um, because the message becomes everything 
to them and they express it in the unique way that God has given them. Um, some will use the their gift for evangelism, for reaching unbelievers or those of a different religion. That's evangelism. Others will express it through teaching, instructing, um, as, as you are so good at doing. Um, but it's not that we told you, Eric, you should teach. No, you just got the message in your heart and you wanted to, to give it out. And it, it just expresses itself through you in that way. And so again, the importance is on embracing and being filled with this message of the gospel, right? That's exactly right, brother. I love the way you said that because you, typically, typically you don't even think about, well, am I a teacher? Am I a writer? Am I an author? Am I, you know what I mean? It's, it's the message that matters. It is the, the transformation that we receive from the blood of Christ and the death of Christ. It's the joy that we experience by seeing that he took all of my sin, all of my shame that I did in secret was exposed in him in public for mm. me. That's love, brother. Mm. He loved us to death, literally. And so whether you're a shepherd, a teacher, a prophet, doesn't matter. It matters that, that you're using the gift that God gave you. And whatever gift it is, you're expressing it. I love the way you said it. You said you're ex it's the way you're expressing the gospel message now in one environment. But we all have the same message to give. Only mm -hmm. this one message that Jesus died on your behalf, mm -hmm. that he rose on the third day, that you might die with him, that your old man is completely buried forever in the grave, mm -hmm. forever. It's over. It's finished. It was finished on the cross. And when you rise to life, you have left the old life behind. Like Paul said, he said, one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. And if the church today can forget what lies behind and teach this one message, brother, the church would be equipped. Mm -hmm. The church would be matured. Mm -hmm. uh, the church would be stabilized. And the church would be speaking the truth in love. And it would be such a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. The world would be uh, drawn in mm -hmm. by the love that by the love of Christ in us, if they were to see it. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, I, I want to focus for just a minute on verse 13. Um, it says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith. And, you know, I have heard so many messages on how to have unity in the church. Uh, maybe you have as well. We all like and appreciate unity. But what we're seeing here is that unity is attained through everyone focusing on the same message, everyone focusing on the cross, on the blood Jesus shed for your forgiveness, uh, on the death he died to raise you up from being dead in sins. Mm. As you focus on this message, Eric, our hearts are united together, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and that is so key, like you said, because uh, then we're not focused on ourselves. 
on our circumstances even. Uh, mm -hmm. This is where the only way true unity uh, can be attained. If we're all looking to the same cross, we're all seeing what Jesus did for us. We're all seeing the love that, that we don't, we know we don't deserve that, but mm -hmm. he did it because of his love for us. This is a demonstration of the love of God for us. And if you want to demonstrate something you show, and mm -hmm. this is exactly what God did. And, you know, when you're united in the cross uh, and at the cross through Jesus's shed blood, we're not, we're not focusing on little things that might seek to, to, to pull us apart. No, we're being united there. Mm -hmm. We're all focusing there. We're all looking there. We can all forgive one another there. Um, you know, and it, and it's just, it's, it's incredible. Uh, yes. The faith and the knowledge of the son of God is what unites us and matures us. We can forgive those who have wronged us. This is exactly what Jesus did. He died while we were sinners and enemies. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's why we keep looking at the cross. We look away, brother. We can get sidetracked and become unstable again. So yes. what's the antidote for that? If someone today's listening and they become unstable and maybe they're feeling guilty or, uh, you know, they're, they're not in unity with certain people in their church or whatever, look to the cross again, friend, and be mm -hmm. united again in love. Uh, yes. see, see what Jesus did for you personally, and then extend that same love that's been extended to you uh, right. and, 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 and be brought back into that unity. And so, yeah, it's very, uh, it's just incredible, brother. Every time we can pick this apart for hours, this passage, and just bask in it for hours, seeing more and more and more and more of the cross. You can't exhaust the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's just impossible. Exactly right. Amen. Yes. Um, so what we're not saying is that we all have to have the same view on vaccines, on um, any other subject, the you know clothing, uh, you know, color of carpet, you know, we're not saying that we are all to be cookie cutter Christians where we all look the same way and sound the same. No, we are as unique as as you know. We are just all different and unique, and that's good and we keep our uniqueness. But what we do is we surrender and submit all our views to that all-surpassing message of Christ crucified and risen. And as we do that, you just described it so well, how we are able to forgive each other as we receive this forgiveness at the cross. And, and this is, we hear Jesus say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so then we turn around and say, well, I didn't deserve forgiveness. And therefore, I'm going to forgive others who may not deserve it either. Um, and we are able to love because we've been loved to death, as you said. Uh, and this is what unites the body of Christ and makes us to have this unity, Eric, is this constant looking at the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, behold, or look up and see the Lamb of God who takes away your sin, the sin of the world. And this brings us to unity because we're all looking 
at the same thing and being filled with the same spirit, even though we express our gifts in many different ways. So we've got unity uh, from, we've got the ministry, we've got unity, we've got fullness, uh, fullness in Christ, and we've got stability. Eric, how would you maybe first describe your life before you, this gospel message captured you? How would you describe um, this instability? Well, uh, as soon as you said, how would I describe my life? My mind instantly went to every one of them. Uh, I was not maturing. <laughs> I was being tossed all around. I was not united, especially with my wife. Um, and I was, my life was completely and totally unstable in every area. Uh, and it was a nightmare, Mike, to be honest. Uh, I think that's the, the best way to, to, to describe it. Um, yeah, I had no love in my heart. Uh, I had no stability in love. Uh, I had no maturity. Uh, my life was an absolute disaster, and therefore my marriage was an absolute disaster. Uh, and but Mike, <laughs> we can talk about those things for a minute, but we got to get to the good stuff, you know. <laughs> it's when Christ ruined me. It's when I was crucified with Christ. It's when my old stony heart was removed, uh, and I was given a new heart everything radically changed. I was radically transformed. Now, over time, some things can happen very quickly when we believe, and then other things take time, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, you know, but when your heart of stone is taken out, when you're given a new heart, and then when God comes to live inside you, you are a radically different person. Yeah. Uh, and I love how you said we're all unique. I just love that you added that because that's so important for people to hear that we're still all unique. Um, God made us each individuals, very creative God, just amazing. Yes. And yet we're just focused on this same message that brings unity. It brings maturity and it brings love. And that's what happened, Mike. It brought all these things that we're discussing today. And so I was radically changed over time. Um, my, my mind was completely different. My thinking was different. Um, I became stable in the message of the cross, Jesus's death and resurrection. My marriage went from weak to powerful, went from non-loving to loving. Uh, uh, now, with all that, do I still stumble? Of course. Yeah. But I'm stable when I, when I stumble, Mike. I am still stable in this message. I'm not tossed to and fro. I don't all of a sudden become immature, even though I do things that might be immature. I have a new identity in Christ. I'm stable there. I need to, I, I need to constantly be reminded of, of who I am and where the power comes from. And that's why we continue to look to Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, and we continue to look to his cross and look to his uh, his, his burial and, and, and then his resurrection, brother. It's the cross changes everything. And that's why the tagline for this book uh, is called Rediscovering the Power of the Cross. And I hope whoever is listening will go to amazon.com and type in the gospel for the church. 
by Eric Kurt and hand one out to your pastor and give some to your elders and, and hand them out to your friends. The, the church needs to rediscover, Eric, this power, this powerful message. We've, we've seen that it stabilizes us. We're not tossed about and carried to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. Um, usually how that goes is like this. You know, I started watching this YouTube on here comes the doctrine, right? Whatever that happens to be. And it made a lot of sense to me. And so, you know, I started really researching into it. And, you know, this is how you get tossed about. Whereas if you were planted, your feet were planted in the cement of the gospel. Well, you would not have this instability going back and forth with every wind and wave. Um, You know, in this last month, we've talked with a Jehovah's Witness, and she originally had become a Christian, but then she heard, you know, this non-Trinitarian doctrine and started, um, you know, studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And and what is that? That's simply being carried away by the wind and doctrine of that. Why? Because she wasn't planted, stable in the gospel of -hmm. Jesus Christ. Eric, that'll keep you once you receive the power of it not in word only, right? But by deep conviction, by the Holy Spirit, you receive this message in power, you'll never leave. It, it doesn't let you go. You are, in a sense, nailed to the cross with Jesus and can't be carried about anywhere else. No other doctrine will take you away because you've become stabilized by this message of the cross and resurrection. Verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Eric, I used to be so immature. Mm-hmm. I used to be such a baby um, with all of the corresponding emotions. I was critical of others. I was, I was self-protective, um, accusatory. I was all these things. I was so immature. But when it says speaking the truth, what truth is he referring to? (laughs) Well, we're talking about the truth of the gospel, brother. Uh, This is the this is the truth that needs to be spoken love. And and brother, this is it it is because you're a radically changed man. Uh, Whoever uh, believes and receives can speak the truth in love, speak the truth of the gospel. This is the truth. I was. Uh, you know, dead in my sin and trespasses, and God made me alive. He made me alive and gave me a new life, a new life where I'm growing up, a new life where I'm able to speak the truth about God, the truth about Jesus's death and resurrection to others. I'm growing up in this uh, to him who is the head. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the message that we, that we received it's the message we give. Paul said, Christ, who is your life when he returns, and, uh, you know, then you'll be with him in glory. And it's just amazing. Christ becomes your life. Like you said, brother, you're like, it's, it's as if you're nailed. You're, you're nailed into the family. <laughs> yes. You know, you're nailed to the tree. You're part of the family, and you'll never be a black sheep in this family. Mm. You'll never be able to leave. You don't want to leave. 
-hmm. This becomes your life. Christ becomes your life. And you're so radically changed and made different. You don't want to go anywhere else. Nothing else is even attracted, attractive to you anymore. This yes. is it. You're exactly. radically changed from the inside out. And it's beautiful. You know, this, as you said, this truth that you and I rejoice in, the truth of the death of Jesus and his blood shed for my forgiveness um, matures us, grows me up, stabilizes us, matures us. But one of the things that's important, we, we have to clarify too, Eric, that this speaking the truth in love comes from every book of the Bible dealing with every subject in the scriptures. We preach the whole counsel of God, but what we're doing is we're centering it or making sure the foundation is always the cross of Christ. For example, hmm. if you look at this passage, what you have is a metaphor. You have the metaphor of the head and the body, right? You see that in verse 15. Yes. We grow up in every way into him who is the head from whom the whole body is held together. So you've got this metaphor of oneness with Christ. Um, think about all the other ways in which scripture teaches this truth, Eric. You've got the vine and the branches. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. There's unity there. You don't know where the vine stops and the branches start. This tremendous unity. You've also got the metaphor of husband and wife, that Christ loves the church as a husband should love his wife. And there's this tremendous unity of a husband and wife, one flesh. Mm -hmm. And now we have the head and the body, this tremendous unity. Um, now, the reason I bring this up, Eric, is because the devil always wants to separate you from Christ and make you look at yourself in how you're doing or the sins that you just committed. Or you see, he's trying to separate that union and make you examine yourself apart from Christ. But that's how you know it's a lie and a deception and how you're able to counteract it with the truth of how we're joined together, head and body, husband and wife, vine and branches, complete unity, no daylight between us and Jesus, right? Beautiful. I love it. I love everything you said there. That is going to really paint the proper picture of the gospel for those listening. And for me, as it did me, I learned so much every time we do a podcast. Uh, cast together, Mike. I learned so much from you, and I just love how you put all that together. That's exactly right. Uh, we want to, uh, you know, the devil would would have us look to ourselves. Uh, the devil would have us to look to our, uh, you know, um, to look to our behavior or or something we just did wrong or uh, just anything he can do to distract us to focus on ourselves. Uh, if we're focusing on ourselves, I think we mentioned it earlier. Then we're not focusing on the cross. Uh, if we're focusing on ourselves, there's no power there. And remember, if we're focusing on ourselves, and we're not all of a sudden being separated from Christ, uh, you know, he dealt with that on the cross forever, as you said, and uh, it was finished. That's why he said, Jesus said it was finished on the, on the cross. He put sin to death. He took our shame, took our penalty, took our judgment, and then joined us as one body, all believers. Uh, joined by the head, 
forever into the family of God. Mike, that was just beautiful, brother. Eric, we've we've gone long today, but honestly, I could go another hour just feasting with you um, on this passage. It's so full and rich um, and just feasting on the body of Jesus given for us, the blood shed for us. But as we bring it to a close, it starts with the gospel and it ends in one word, this passage in verse 16, that we're building ourselves up in love. The gospel results in love. The preaching of the message of the cross is designed by God to fill you with love. Um, and, and when you're filled with love, you don't remember wrongs. You're patient. You're not self-seeking. You're not easily angered. Eric, you're loving now. You, you personally, Eric, are one of the most loving people I've ever met literally in my entire life. <laughs> uh, and I, I kid you not, but, but this is, tells me something about you. You are focused on the message of the cross. And that's how you experience love yourself and are able to give it out. So, Eric, we're to build each other up. We're to build up the church in one thing, aren't we? Amen. In the love, in the love of Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining me, brother. And we will talk again next time as we discuss the gospel for the church, the book you wrote, which is available on Amazon. And thank you for taking time to discuss it with me. Absolutely, Mike. It's always a privilege and a joy to worship and bask in the gospel together. Amen.